Go Loud Selects. Brought to you by Sky. Watch new exclusive and unmissable content only on Sky. Right, come on, Ada. We have to think of something funny before the show starts, before I shout. Let's do it. What do you think? Something funny? Yeah, I know. I know it's a foreign concept to you, but Attender, Anthony, Bueller, can anyone? Can it be at the expense of either of us? Please, carry on. Yeah. You've, I can't think of anything funny about right. you. Let's do it! <laughs> Welcome once again to Go Lad Selects with Simon Delaney, me, Aidan Power, and our semi-silent producer, John Gacy. <laughs> it's just we haven't given him a microphone yet. He's been described as a lot of things in his life, but I'd never say semi-silent. Semi is never a good uh, pre, whatever you want to call it, to go before Indeed, word, it is, isn't it? That's a different <laughs> podcast, Aidan. What's the podcast called, Aidan? This is... Go Loud Selects, it is a Go Loud original and is brought to you by Sky Ireland. Almost, it's also a Go Loud production. What would I do without you? <clears throat> Quite a bit, I'd say. <laughs> what have we got this week, kiddo? Well, Brian Lloyd will join us later on to uh, tell us what the latest movie if is. If he in. arrives, because he's late. He's got about 20 minutes to get his ass in here. We'll find what out- punishment could we give him if he doesn't turn up? Give him a week off next week. Ah, poor old Brian. He'll be he- on the way. He'll be with us presently. Uh, we expect Brian to be here and hopefully he, if he does show up we'll find out what's in the cinema and whether it's yeah. worth seeing or not. I went to the cinema last weekend. Did all. you? Anyways. Well tell me this, when was the last time you were in the cinema before this time? The last time How many saw, days, hours and minutes? Uh, a couple of months, yeah. So the last thing I would have seen would be West Side Story. Oh yeah. It was about six months ago? Yeah, easily. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you went. Did went you see... Minions. No. Did you did you see Elvis? Yes. Yeah, fine. I'm good. I'm glad you did. <clears throat> yes, I did. I did. It'd be a shame if you didn't. And I enjoyed it very much. I'm yeah. not a huge Baz Luhrmann fan. Mm. Um but I thought Austin Butler was He's not just good, isn't he? staggering as Elvis, you yeah. know. Yeah. And I thought Tom Hanks was completely miscast. Mm. Totally miscast. I didn't get it at all. Uh the the, the prosthetics, the fat suit, the voice, you know, he, he's one of the finest actors of our generation, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't think he was right for the part. Mm. Um, I liked the I liked where the movie came from in terms of what it covered in terms of their relationship. Like, you know, I was with Lisa, we were watching it, and... Lisa Marie. Marie. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, thank you very much. <laughs> Actually, before the, before the movie started, there was a couple of girls come in um, wearing, like, Elvis T-shirts, you know, and as the lights went down, they all went, Oh! And one bloke went, thank you very much. all <laughs> 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 was brilliant. Um, but Lisa, like, came out of the movie, she she was blown away by it, but she had no idea of that story, that, that Colonel Tom had fucked him over, basically, so badly. Yeah, I think um, most people going to see yeah. it now, unless you're a, a, you know, a solid Elvis fan, and even maybe beyond yeah, liking you wouldn't know it. Yeah, the, yeah. the greatest hits, you know, you wouldn't know to, God, to what extent. and. On him. And maybe the the motivations and the reasons why yeah. he was controlling him. Yes, he was. Like and I still think it's it not black and white Aiden. because he, like he did great things for Elvis's career. He did, but, but he did it very much in the way he wanted to be but done the whole to suit thing himself. About not wanting to let him out of America and he couldn't go because he didn't <laughs> get a passport. Like, why didn't he have a passport? Who was he previously? That that's where I thought it might have went. And that remains a mystery. Correct. Yeah. yeah correct. Well, untold in the in the Baz Luhrmann. Uh, yeah. No, I thought it was superb. Standout really um, moments or scenes, and uh, if you're listening to this. It may contain a spoiler, but it's your fault for not getting to the cinema to see it. Uh, yes. Standout scene, probably the last 
six or seven minutes, that that moment where Colonel Parker uh, talks uh, about seeing him uh, live a couple of weeks before he died, mm. and he's sitting, he could barely stand up, as he says, and he sits at the piano, so he, and he plays, and someone's holding the mic for and him. And there's how many um, cups of Coke on the oh, Coca Cola yeah. on the yeah, table? Yeah. There's about seven or eight of them. Like he's and Austin Butler. You say, what was the song he played? Sung at the end, I can't remember. Was it, uh, was it Glory, Wonder Glory? of You or Glory, Wonder Glory, of You, yeah. something like that? And then it morphs into the real yeah, footage. Yeah, and, and that go, took me a minute to go. Is which is which? Go, oh, it is. That's Christ. That's Elvis, Elvis. I thought that was very moving. I thought yeah. the stuff with the mother was very moving. Mm. Um, uh, you know, I liked the I liked the whole premise of he had the power of two people because he obviously lost his twin brother who uh, who died. Uh, it was just gorgeous. It was a gorgeous exploration. Mm. The father didn't come out of it very well. His business manager, um, and the Memphis Mafia wasn't touched on as much as I thought it would have been. Mm. But then it wasn't that movie. You know, this is this is Elvis with Kurt Russell was that movie. Mm. That was about Elvis and the actual performing and the touring and Graceland and the Jungle Room and the Memphis Mafia and the drugs and the peanut butter sandwiches. Yeah. That's this isn't this movie. No, and there's this been criticisms of, of areas of Elvis's life that were left out and some of the controversial yeah, ones, 100%. like the, the age gap between him and Lisa 100% Marie. It wasn't mentioned. But I I think in somewhat Baz Luhrmann's defence he can only tell so much of a story I mean the film is two and a half hours long the original edit of it um, first yeah. draft second draft was over eight hours yeah I can imagine and I actually thought it was a half an hour too long I yeah. mean I was yeah. looking at my watches yeah. at a certain point going right okay come on yeah, get we're not used there. to watching films of that length these days but also the Lisa Marie the, the, the Priscilla thing I thought she was miscast as well because she looked the same age as him and I thought that was slightly misleading because that's a huge thing in his life. Oh yeah, sorry, I'm mistaken. Which one? Which Lisa Marie's is daughter? Oh, sorry, Priscilla yes, Priscilla. The, the wife. Yeah, yeah let's so not complicate the story Priscilla, anymore than it already is. Priscilla, she was yes. good, but it wasn't. It again, that was kind of glossed over a wee bit. Mm. But no, five out of five, like it was superb. It know, is. Really. It's, it's, it's and sensational. He, he was just electric as Elvis. Yeah. He really he's nearly, was. He's nearly otherworldly. Just to know what you have to put in to put a performance like that across and then hold that performance consistently across that movie. And as you say, the first couple was probably eight hours. So how much did they shoot? Yeah. Like, you know, apparently has his voice has changed since the movie because he had to drop it down there. Mm. Like where he had to go to, to dig that performance out. I watched oh, him on one, of the, on one of the many talk shows in the States and he talked about and it was too subtle for me to notice, but uh, during the course of the film, because he's playing Elvis in all these different yes, decades, yeah, yeah. his voice changes four times 100%. in the movie. Yeah, yeah. It goes from being kind of a higher register to a lower and then right down. Do you know what I thought was amazing was the opening kind of 15, 20 minutes, because you don't see him for about 20 minutes. It's all shots. Behind, That's right, yeah. Did you feel like you were building kind up. of on, on a... Some sort of hurdy gurdy for the first ten oh, minutes. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, You're kind of yeah. pinned to the sequel. Yeah, just, like what's going on? Stop swinging that camera. But the build up to seeing him and all the talk about him and the music and then the the, the long shots behind him. You could see his silhouette and was going. I want to see the guy and hear him. Yeah. I tell you, that was brilliant the way he just sucked you right into it. Yeah. And then Wallop he arrived like in that first performance that he does in the in the in the movie. Well, that for me is one of the standout scenes. Oh man! I I, I was at the cinema with me. I love the scenes. I was I was laughing <laughs> watching that scene because this is a. Um, a, a defining moment in young yeah. ladies' lives the seeing Elvis for the women first were time. Women moved, let's they say. They were, yeah, experiencing emotions. But the scenes also in the club before. on Beale Street. Ah, beautiful. Upstairs like, when yeah. he was hanging out with B.B. King and uh, Maisie, was it Maisie Williams, the, the, black, the blues singer? I just thought they were phenomenally well done. You mm. know? And of course, Baz Luhrmann, it was huge, it was big, it was glitz. Bombastic. The way it was shot, the scenes. 
the scenes in Vegas when he arrived that that was one of my favorite scenes actually the scene when he arrived into the theater in Vegas he says there's a big stage and you know he says well I'm, I've got to be working on you some new things with a bigger sound and then you see the orchestra the two sets of backing singers mm. the band and then him and he's building that song he's building it I thought from a, just from a, a musical appreciation mm. uh, sense that was phenomenal so yeah go and see it because it's not going to be in the cinema for much longer so go and see it nicely said thank you nice. very much nice review Simon yeah there you go now we don't need Brian <laughs> what's on next week I'll go and see it <laughs> we might be here in a minute say we sent Simon to the local I Omniplex. went to the cinema <laughs> and, we gave and by the way 10 euro to get some popcorn I had my usual fare at the cinema I had my medium popcorn which was, wasn't was great. Okay. We, bag we'd be me, on the same wavelength there. I get the bag of minstrels. Okay. No, I didn't pour them into the popcorn, John. No, that's vile. That's that's what separates us from cavemen, John. <laughs> that's why they put them in separate packages, John. <laughs> I had the minstrels on their own and I had to die with Coke and the colas. Beautiful. And we just come out of dinner. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> there's, always, there's always room for popcorn. Of course and, there is. And minstrels are... Uh, can I ask you a question? Maltesers. What are the good people at Sky recommending for us this week? Right, so our recommendation from Sky, again, is another top drawer recommendation. You may have seen the ads for this, and if you've seen the ads, you really need to follow that up and watch the episodes. Uh, all eight of them of a show, really dark, funny uh, show called The Baby. This is frightening bejesus. The ad is a bit ads. scary, isn't what it? Because the uh, I know I'm not your mum, and you know I'm not your mum. And I don't know what your game is, but I'm not playing it. You are not getting inside my head. Mama. You wait till their little personalities start to come through. You think of, uh, you know, horrors and, you know, shows like that in films. Yeah. They usually involve a kid or a uh-huh. baby, don't they? But the trailer when the baby laughs at the end. Hey! Yeah, so it's about um, a woman played by Michelle de Swart, who you'll know from The Duchess. She plays mm. Natasha, she's 38. And she's at that stage in her life where all her friends are having babies. And uh, she's not so happy about that. And then one day, unexpectedly, she is, quote unquote, landed with her own baby. She catches a baby falling falls off the out of the sky. Yeah, yeah. She catches this child. If that's <laughs> not weird enough, uh, then we find out that the baby is controlling, manipulative, but incredibly cute as most babies are. Aren't all babies? And then the baby basically turns Natasha's life into this kind of yeah. surreal uh, horror show. Yeah. Or as other people call it parenthood. Parenthood, yeah. <laughs> the true extent of the baby's Holy deadly nature. And then Natasha is going, I don't want this kid. Yeah. I never wanted a kid. And this kid is possessed and crazy. Yeah. And she's trying to get rid of it. But of course, um, the baby doesn't want to be The baby fights back. It's 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 surreal. I think that's the best word yeah. to uh, sum it up. Now, being a big scaredy cat like me, do you think I'll be scaredy to despite it? Yeah. I absolutely do. Well, Even I based wa- on the trailer, I, I watch do. it from behind the sofa. Yeah, then. I do. Okay, that's on Sky now. Yeah, but as well as it being horror. It's a comedy as well. I think there's going to be plenty of laughs yeah, in it okay. as well. And uh, maybe, even though the, the, the child is not a normal child, I think uh, it's an examination of motherhood that people, there'll be elements you'll be able to relate to. No, absolutely. Yeah. And what we want to do as well is ask anybody who's listening to the show, if they have seen it, give us a heads up, lads. We'll yeah. be scared by it. Yeah, you can have a Terry's chocolate orange and you can break it oh, open and you can raise it out of 20 segments. We could um, do a competition. Segments. Couldn't we? How would we do that? I don't know. Okay. I'm spitballing here. Okay. That's a good start. We yeah. could do a competition. Aiden, come up Great. with us. <laughs> yeah, well done. Aiden and John, you'll organise that. Great, well done. Okay. Ordered. So we need to find all our listeners who are called Terry. Oh, right, yeah. And who use fake tan out of the colour orange. Wow, you're and we'll going to get 20 dark, yeah. human Terry's 
chocolate oranges. Wow, you're going very okay. dark here. Well, that's Meanwhile, the end of the spitballing. back at the script. So, The Baby is an eight-part series. It's a co-production between Sky Studios and HBO, and it's there for you to enjoy now on Sky. Yes. What? You can trust me with your baby. This isn't my baby, Reese. Well, it is. <laughs> Right, so that's the baby on Sky. Uh, what have you got for us, Aidan? What do you recommend? What have this I week? got? Um, well, I've been, and thanks to you, I've been tied up, so to speak, watching a lot of The Offer. <gasps> have you watched it? Yeah, I'm, well, four, I'm only four episodes in because I kind of have a few other things going yeah. on and I've been doing a bit of gaming on the PlayStation. Tell me. Um, the Offer? <laughs> Fucking unbelievable. <laughs> I told there's, you! There's nothing yes! I don't like about it. I told you because similar so to you, good, I love it? that era. I'm like I'm not a, as big a Godfather fan, but just the time it's yeah, set in. Yeah. It's Hollywood. Yeah. It's in the late '60s, early '70s. It's just it's, it's Hollywood York, glamour, LA. and you're seeing these legendary, famous locations and legendary, yeah. famous people. And then Frank Sinatra and pops the music. up, music, and the fucking music, and the acting is just off oh, the charts. Off the charts. Uh, Miles Teller and uh, Mr. John John Good. No, Matthew Good. Matthew Good, sorry. Bob, Bob Evans. Evans. Yeah. Juno Temple is phenomenal. In oh. it. The guy who plays France before Coughlin. There's just nothing I don't love about it, yeah. except the guy who played Frank Sinatra. That was a bit, his nose was off for me. He, he wasn't right. But, he, but he still, it was good. No, he captured the, um, yeah, yeah. the, temp- the, fuck the temperament of, here, of Sinatra. Fuck. I it's love that scene. so good. <laughs> and... And you know you think, but the guy playing Coppola, the guy playing Mario Puzo, oh, Mario, yeah, so good, this beautiful little uh, relationship, oh, great relationship, yeah. and it so, gets better. Just loving that. Uh, but I have found time to uh, watch a, another show which is new, and it's come out on Amazon Prime. It's called The Terminal List. Oh, I've heard about this. Now. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's an amazing new feature film about the troubles in Dublin Airport. Not, I heard, and it's not about um, people who are. This is Chris Pratt, is it? It is Chris Pratt's uh, new show in which he is the the lead star, but he's also the executive producer. So um, it's based on a book, actually, by a guy called Jack Carr. It's just come out on Amazon Prime. Um, Big new show for Chris Pratt. He plays Lieutenant Commander James Reese, and he's the leader of this elite Navy SEAL squad who are over in uh, the Middle East carrying out this high-level operation. And it all goes really, really wrong very, very quickly. And he returns from that and... There's the the fallout to that and the 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 grief and the PTSD of that, but then very quickly it uh, unfolds into a um, I guess a conspiracy as to why and it all went wrong over in the Middle East. There was dark forces at work, okay. may, maybe at home, and maybe those dark forces could be governmental. Amazing. Maybe they could be in the Pentagon. Maybe they could be you know those um, contract companies that yeah, they yeah. hire for you know security and military and things like that. Um, so it's a thriller in 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 that sense with uh, some and really. Is it a series. It is a series. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm about three. Because the book it. was wildly popular. Like. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if you're a fan of uh, Jack Reacher or yeah, yeah. movies like Lone Survivor with yeah, yeah. Mark Wahlberg or Zero Dark Thirty, if you like military movies, special yeah. forces movies, uh, you'll certainly love this because the action sequences in it, of which there's not too many, but when they happen, they're incredibly visceral yeah, yeah, and yeah. powerful Great. and. Um, that's getting positive reviews because it, he worked with a lot of Navy SEALs on the, the execution yeah, yeah. of that. So it's very authentic and Chris okay. Pratt seems to have a real um, love for the military. His brother served in the armed forces. Yeah. Um, so he's very passionate about that. The story is a bit 
you know, is it? Th- this conspiracy theory, you've seen it before. Okay, you yeah, know, okay, yeah, yeah. Dark forces at work and the good guy, you know, who's had his platoon wiped out has to single-handedly go and avenge it all. Oh, right, um, okay. That's where I'm at in the story. Maybe there's more more changes to yeah. come in it. How far are you into it? I'm four, three, four, four. I finished episode three, yeah. started a bit of four and then I went to bed. Um, last night, there you go. That's needless information. Um, if you watch shows like Designated Survivor or um, Shooter, you know, they're they're not the most highbrow taxing shows. Yeah. Um, you'll like this. Lieutenant Commander James Reese, can you outline the details of your mission? They knew we were coming. According to the audio logs, you went dark on comms roughly four mics in. Why? That's not how it went down. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Headaches, paranoia, memory confusion. Chris Pratt's really good in it. It also stars uh, Taylor Kitsch, who's got a a decent resume of shows behind him, most notable... um, He's reaching here, he's reaching here. Come back to me on that in a moment. Oh, but uh, Anton Mm. Fuqua directed the opening episode. He of Training Day fame and many other things. So um, maybe that carries... I had the pleasure of working with Chris Pratt just before he did the Marvel... Started that really? whole journey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a fan of him. I like, I got to love him in Parks and Recreation, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And he's become, you know, a bit of an action hero. And he's done the Marvel movies and Guardians of the Galaxy and that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, so tell yeah. us about him. As a gent, he was in Delivery Man with Vince Vaughn. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And I, I, we'd no scenes with him, but we met him at the table read just before we started filming. And uh, an absolute gent, and he was talking about the fact that he was, he had just, I think, I think he'd just been cast or just been announced in the. What was the Mar- the master? Was it the universe? Fucking thing he did. Guardians of the, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy. I nearly got it right. Masters of the Universe. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, and he was talking about uh, that was He Man, wasn't it? <clears throat> Masters. That's of the right. Universe. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> all my age now. But uh, he was talking about the fact that he was going to have to get into condition because when the part he played in Delivery Man, he played Vince Vaughn's lawyer who was kind of out of shape and had four kids and. And he was talking about he has to get ripped now for, to do this thing. And then mm. when, a couple of months later when I saw him in, <laughs> in that yoke, he was ripped. Shredded, but a right. gent, yeah. yeah but yeah. Parks and Rex is brilliant. Sometimes when I wipe, I'll wipe and I'll wipe and I'll wipe and I'll wipe a hundred times. Still poop. Still poop. Let me check that. It's like I'm wiping a marker or something. I was listening to him on an interview this is a while back and he talked about the character in Parks and Rec and how it developed yeah. and he um, started putting on weight during the show and he felt whether through the weight gain or maybe he's just settling into the show it suited the character better <laughs> so he then deliberately got really yeah, yeah. heavy and chunky yeah, yeah, yeah. just for the role of the show but then, now he's fairly beefed up in this <clears throat> as well yeah, in yeah. that kind of yeah, he's ripped. navy not necessarily like shredded ripped but like you know it looks like a unit carrying muscle yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, you know only a few of us can carry that look eh? yeah yeah you'd make it and good yeah uh, make it look effortless that's the key isn't navy it? seal delaney <laughs> <laughs> so um so yeah it's good by the way Taylor Kitch was in Friday Night Lights oh yeah yeah, uh, yeah he was yeah. in that for many many okay. years and he so was also Am- in that movie Lone Survivor so it's new and it's on Amazon Prime you'll see it it'll come up straight away okay. and uh, yeah, if you like if you like military movies and, and conspiracies that's your bag that's your bag yes marvellous good job okay that, that sounded a bit lukewarm no, I'm know, only like I said right. three episodes into it so I'm I think you've given us given us enough to want to make us dive in okay good and then we can make up our own minds Aiden. I have another audiobook for you 
Oh, good. Good. Oh, it's been a while since we've um, I don't know whether I mentioned this before or not, but I guess, again, it's a book I got at Christmas, uh, which I delved into, and then I said I saw it on on uh, Audible. I said I'll have a bit of that again. Cause I think you, once you like the author and you think they're going to read it to me, yeah, I'll have that. Yeah, that, yeah, because you kind of without sounding over the top, yeah. you have a relative. Of course, you of course you do. Of course you do. And I was going to be doing some travel at the time, and I thought, no, I'll have the AirPods in now. I have time to do 13, 14 hours. And it's uh, it's Mel Brooks' biography called All About Me. <laughs> okay, well, again, <laughs> right up your street. Ah, uh, so For those who don't know, and I'm not talking about myself here, who's Mel Brooks? Who was Mel Brooks? Right, so Mel Brooks started off as uh, a writer back in the day. Uh, you're talking mid to late 30s New York so he was a describes himself as a, he was a downtrodden New York Jew living up in Brooklyn sharing a house with a big family his mom all that living that kind of Woody Allen life you know playing with the stick and hoop out on the street all that kind of stuff <laughs> but wanted you know like most of those writers of that generation his first taste of, of showbiz was going to the movies on Saturdays mm-hmm. and while he knew from a very very young age that he wanted to be in showbiz so between the jigs and the reels, he ends up getting a writer's job uh, and then promo- gets promoted on up and up and up onto the biggest show in the world at the time, which was the Sid Caesar show. <clears throat> I think it was on NBC. The Sid Caesar show, an amazing, huge John just made show. an edit note because you coughed. I know. He's made quite a few. <laughs> Here's another one. Here's another one, you Johnny. You'll be able to pick that one out of the edit file or the audio file because it's a huge spike. Anyway, he gets onto the Sid Caesar show as a writer, spends a couple of years on that, uh, is happy as Larry, is now being paid to write jokes for a living, which is what he wants to do. Uh, But being the ambitious sort that he was, he wanted to write his own stuff, wanted to make movies. He goes on to make such groundbreaking movies as Blazing Saddles. What the hell is this? This is the bill that will convert the State Hospital for the Insane into the William J. Lepetamine Memorial Gambling Casino for the Insane. Gentlemen, this this bill will be a giant step forward in the treatment of the insane gambler. Uh, Young Frankenstein. Are there any questions before we proceed? I have one question, Dr. Frankenstein. That's Frankenstein. I beg your pardon? My name... It's pronounced Frankenstein. Uh, high anxiety, the producers. It's so simple. Step one, we find the worst play in the world, a surefire flop. Step two, I raise a million bucks. A lot of little old ladies in the world. Step three, you go back to work on the books. Phony list of backers, one for the government, one for us. You can do it, Bloom. You're a wizard. Step four, we open on Broadway. And before you can say step five, we close on Broadway. Step six. We take our million bucks, we fly to Rio de Janeiro. Etc, etc, etc. And this book, narrated by him, tells the entire story of his showbiz career. He talks about each movie in, in a chapter, talks about how he wrote it, why he wrote it, who he cast, and how the chase to try and get certain casts. He had, for example, for the producers, he had Dustin Hoffman cast to play the lead in the producers, opposite Zero Mistel. And uh, he knew Dustin well. He'd seen him off Broadway, off Broadway in a play that he'd done, that Dustin Hoffman done with Anne Bancroft, who Mel Brooks was married to for over 50 years. And he had cast him. And he said one morning, about three months before we did start shooting, there's a knock on the door in the apartment in New York. He goes down and answer it. It's Dustin. He's got a problem. He said, listen, Mel, he said, I've just been, they want to screen test me for this big movie that's coming out. And he said, what's the movie? He said, uh, The Graduate. Look, I think I should be going. 
Sit down, Benjamin. Mrs. Robinson, if you don't mind my saying so, this conversation is getting a little strange. Now, I'm sure that Mr. Robinson will be here any minute now. No. What? My husband will be back quite late. He should be gone for several hours. Oh, my God. Well, look, there's no problem. You're not going to get that. I mean, you're you're short. You got a big nose. You're not going to get that. I'm not worried about it. Don't worry about it. Because a week later, he calls his door again. So, like, got it. So, he has to recast. So, anyway, he ends up casting Gene Wilder. He talks about the relationship he had with him over the years. He has literally been there, done that, and worn the T-shirt. Uh, you know, you had the whole revival then of the producers back in the late 90s, early mm. 2000s, I think it was, with Nathan Lane. That's an amazing story because he talks about um, the director who was originally started to direct it passed away and um, he was married to Susan Stroman who was a famous Broadway choreographer at the time and she was she had choreographed the Broadway revival and her husband uh, had directed it and anyway, they went on to do the movie but the her husband passed away sadly and she t- describes this amazing moment in Susan Stroman's apartment where they're gone. she's saying well look the project's dead now and he says no 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 we just you know she said, you need to find a new director. And he said, there's only one person in the world that can direct it. It's you. So she went on to choreograph it and direct it. I think she was nominated for an Oscar for both. It swept the Oscars. It came back onto Broadway. It came back over to the West End. But he talks about performing for everybody. He talks about his time <coughs> in the war because he was shipped out of the war in the uh, in That's right. He did a lot of jokes about Hitler in that Does season. a lot, of, yeah. yeah. And basically all of his movies are parodies. He parodied movie genres. So with Blazing Saddles, he parodied the Western. With uh, Young Frankenstein, he parodied the old Boris Karloff horror movies of the day. With the producers, he was parody- parodying Broadway, but he also wanted to have a sling at Hitler. Uh, and the Nazis and he said what better way to to make fun of them by, is, than making fun of them and by Christ he does that in the producers um, High Anxiety he was parodying um, the Hitchcock movies uh, like The Birds um, it's a phenomenal story he narrates it and he's still working He's this in a movie thing, at the he's, moment. He's 90, I'm just looking him up here. He's 96. He's still he's 96. going. He's, so he's, he's the voice of one of the... Is. Yeah, he's just on an animated movie, Incredible. one of the Kung Fu Panda movies or something with uh, like Ricky Gervais. He's in that. He has never stopped working. But his story of how he got his break uh, and how he moved up through the ranks, his stories about dealing with studio heads, talking about the offer, mm. dealing with the likes of Bob Evans. Like he always had and still has to this day he has final cut in all his movies. That's unheard of. You don't get that. His production company then, Brooks Films, went on to make movies like The Fly. Wow. Like they went, his son now runs the company. They're still, like even after he stopped making movies, they're still making groundbreaking movies. So like would you say in a sense, given that he's he's still alive and he's been doing it since the, yeah. the 30s or the 40s mm-hmm. say, like he is the, the godfather of, of Hollywood. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. I mean, you look at... Like, he spent the last years of his life living uh, with um, Carl Reiner. Him and Carl Reiner, right, were best friends. They met on the Sid Caesar show. Carl was in the show with Sid. And Carl played all the skits and the sketches. They were friends, right, with the day, and he talks about... So back in the day, Alan Yentov made a documentary for the BBC about Brooks, and he flew over to New York, to LA, and met him, went to Brooks Films in the studio, and... 
he does this long form two or four hour documentary it's fantastic go and see it but then he followed it up then 30 years later 25 years later and he went and the last bit was he went to the apartment where Mel Mel Brooks lives with Card Reiner and it's these (laughs) two uh, but Card Reiner's just done Ocean's 12 (laughs) and and Brooks is still working and the two of them are sitting in easy chairs eating TV dinners being handed to them by these nannies or the two elders being looked after but they're sitting there and they look it, like Yento was going to sit in there going, "It's like a scene from an old oh, nursing home." Like well, it's almost like a scene from a film as well. It's like the Sunshine Boys. Yeah, yeah. The two of them were still working, <laughs> and he talks about that gorgeous relationship over sixty years of relationship with them with Karen Reiner, and he also talks about Anne Bancroft. Let's remember he was married to the biggest movie star in the world, mm. Oscar-winning actress, uh, and just his relationship with Gene Wilder, his relationship with the various cameramen and production designers. He was very loyal, used the same people all the time because they got what he wanted. Uh, but he talks about, in each movie goes into great depth about the problems on locations. and great. It's fantastic. It's a real peek behind the scenes in yeah. terms of old Hollywood and even current Hollywood, you know, because it's he's still working so the book is out there it's got all about me because he's not a shrinking violet this fella <laughs> uh, and he narrates it it is incredible has he got a good voice oh it's just how, how does he talk Mel Brooks it's that old New, it's that old New Jewish New York thing okay. you know? it's, he's amazing well his <clears> cultural <throat> influence just oh, pick, absolutely. picking some facts um, on, online here um Beyond the movie industry, uh, the film The Producers was the inspiration for the title of the album Octung Baby by U2. And oh, right. Yeah, also uh, his running Walk This Way gag is yeah. also the inspiration for Aerosmith's song. Walk This yeah. Way, yeah, this yeah, very good. Two of many influences <clears throat> beyond hist- all the other if things you, he's if done. If you have any interest in movies at all, just watch The History of the World, part one. Moses, this is the Lord thy God commanding you to obey my law. Do you hear me? Yes, I hear you, I hear you. A deaf man could hear you. What? Nothing, I vanished, forget it. Which he directed and is in. Like, he's also an actor as well. He was in a lot of the movies. He's right. in High Anxiety. Yeah, yeah. He's in History of the World. Where the movie is literally the history of the world. Starts off the caveman, goes right up through Roman times, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he's in in the mall. He plays Caesar. He plays the caveman. He's he's incredible. But His now is energy. that a straight documentary? Like, oh, no, or it's, is it's it... a comedy movie. The history of the world. <laughs> he takes the biggest events in the world and takes the piss out of them. <laughs> it's absolute. It's it's a mammoth watch. Like I think it's a couple. It's more than two hours long. But it's phenomenally funny. It's such a piss take. Like you, it's the caveman stuff. They're learning how to do chalk drawings, and he goes, "You're an artist. What are you a critic?" It was the world's first critic. It's brilliant. He is brilliant. So how many credits do you have left now on Audible? <laughs> I've got four left actually. I hear through them because I buy an awful lot of crap on Amazon. So you get your credits. You see, when you got four kids, you end up buying octopus squishies. You buy yeah, things yeah. like embroidery rings. Oh yeah, that's really popular Let's, at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Hugely popular embroidery, embroidery ring borders. Jesus. Uh, so Mel Brooks, all about me. If you're into showbiz, get on it. My heart's afraid to fly. It's crashed before. But then you take my hand. My heart starts to soar once more. My anxiety. It's always the same Anxiety It's you That I blame It's very clear to me 
I've got to give in I anxiety You win What's just happened? I've just done Mel Brooks And possibly your knee as well <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to require surgery But how never <laughs> But you two don't worry about it Your top flight career is over I'm just checking my lay of healthcare <laughs> Carry on The ACL well, let's welcome in our producer, uh, John Casey. John, Hello, John. Any ailments? Is it going to pop any moment? No, I'm uh, injury-free for the moment. Uh, yeah, yeah. It depends what you recommend. You might have an injury out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. We might start breaking bones. Is that what's going on here, Simon? Well, it's no pressure, John. Go. Well, no we got pressure, Jerry. but uh, we'll follow in that kind of comedic vein. And uh, someone who is probably shades of Mel Brooks in this character. I mentioned before, Hacks season two is now out. Oh yes, really good. Really like it. Uh, Deborah Vance, fictional character, played by Jean Smart. You'd see her in loads of stuff, Frasier, etc. She's like an aging, kind of Joan Rivers type. She was in Vegas in her first season. She'd basically strong Now she's in the Noggin Inn. <laughs> not no, no offence to the no, Noggin Inn. No offence. It's, yeah. it's great not, venue. It's not the Castle Inn of Fingers, yeah. but how and how yeah. carry on. It's only a step sideways. I mean, the last thing on earth I want to do is move to the desert to write some lame jokes for an old hack. I'd rather slang bang bang chicken and shrimp all day than work here. I mean, fuck, what is this, 50 tassels on one couch? Even Liberace would think it's a bit much. Oh, no, you're incorrect. He actually loved it. He did poppers on that couch in 85. Cool. <laughs> I'm glad Liberace's butthole was nice and loose in your house. Basically, all the kind of her, her chickens come home to roost where she'd been basically strong arming people, blackmailing people to kind of stay on the up and up with her residency and like all the endorsements she has. It all comes tumbling down and she still has this kind of millennial, rudderless writer. This is uh, Ava Daniels played by Hannah Einbinder kind of freshen up her act and she's been resisting it the whole time like, you know, my regulars, my fans, they know what they like. Like total John Rivers type. Uh, but just <laughs> eventually she decides, you know what, I'm going to go what we what you wrote for me. So the last episode, no, no spoilers, but the last episode in the first season, she just does an entire 45 minutes of your ones material. Wow. Wow. And it dies a death. Oh, Jesus. Oh, and it's, just, it's not oh, her. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. So she starts out the second season. She's no longer in Vegas. She's now decided, you know what? We'll go out on tour, she says. We'll go out on tour. We'll hit, we'll hit all the venues. But they end up in like, you know, uh, agriculture kind of farm days, fun fairs, yep. car parks. I played them all. Yeah. Uh, just really like, you're seeing her hitting all the branches on the way down this tree. <laughs> success. It's, it's, it's brutal. But all the while... As happens in a lot of these kind of shows, you have to broaden it. They have to have yeah, yeah. other characters they can call. They have to on. make the world bigger. Exactly. Yeah. So you have Marcus, who was a good character in the first season. He was like her handler and booked all her stuff. He's now being promoted to like CEO of, you know, Deborah Vance Incorporated or whatever. But we see his private life. He's like early 40s, well, kind of kept together young man. Uh, he's gay and he's just broke up with his boyfriend at a crossroads and just know he's not getting any joy out of his work anymore he doesn't know what he wants so we get a, a good bit of you know one man in crisis you know mm. uh, it's relatively enjoyable but all I want to see is the interaction between yeah, Deborah yeah. Van's character yeah, and Daniel's character where can we amazing. watch this again Johnny where you can watch it? this on uh, Prime Video and Prime. there is an episode I would recommend highly I think it was episode 2 or 3 where she always says Gay Cruz it's Deborah Vance's words not mine Gay Cruz she says fish in a barrel the gays love me she says she's like Lesbian cruises, they'll kill me. <laughs> <laughs> and she ends up being booked in a lesbian cruise. Oh, brilliant. It's so good. Brilliant. It's so good. So There's Amazon Prime, we have two seasons. Two seasons, jump into. 25 minutes an ep, 
It's it's really easy watch and okay. very sharp, very good. A lesbian so. cruise. A lesbian cruise. And she's she, this thing, she does well, she's making friends with her, and it just goes south so horribly. Because she's an unrepentant narcissist. She yeah, thinks yeah. she's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And uh, it just goes so horrible. Great. Uh, oh, it's brilliant. But Car really, crash, horrible. Yeah. Really, like, I can't believe I'm having to watch this. <laughs> but, um, Great. No, it's it's very enjoyable. You do realise that he's now he's now googling travel agents to see where he can get a lesbian cruise. So that's on Amazon Prime. Two seasons to jump into. Two seasons to jump into. Said snappy episodes, good writing, you know. And not again. Maybe it's something worth noting. It's not just men in every frame talking at each other. This okay. is just different intergenerational women. It's yeah. smart. It's funny. What I like what you said there, snappy episodes. Big time. Yeah. yeah. 25 minutes sometimes, max. Sometimes a little, little shorter than that. Yeah. Unless you're watching The Offer where you want them to go on forever. And they do. Like there's oh, episodes that are yeah, 107 yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, they're not. No, that's an hour and 47. There's episodes that are... They're well over an hour. An, an hour and seven minutes. Yeah. What did I say? You said 107 minutes. Yeah. I'm, listen, don't be talking to me about maths. <laughs> I can't work out the maths of it. Terry's chocolate orange. Really, just showing myself up once again. So let's recap on this. Oh, by the way, Brian's outside. We ran out of time. He can have the way out there. You can whistle. Are we not letting him? We've no time for Brian. Ah, we bring him for a cup of tea. Be grand. Get him a custard slice if he likes them because he doesn't like chocolate orange. He said chocolate orange is a geek. All right, Brian will be back next week. So let's recap from the top. You loved Elvis in the cinema. Just in case anyone has yet to um, be aware of how great it is, it really is. And and like Simon said, it will be out of the cinema soon. And it is the best place to see it because it's so visually. Big. And then Sky gave us what? Sky gave us uh, The Baby, <laughs> which is this <laughs> new eight parts uh, examination of motherhood, but it yeah. has a horror twist because uh, the, the the leading star, Natasha, um, a baby arrives unexpectedly from the sky and, and she's got to look after this child. And, and no offence to the child, but the child is, um, other, you know, otherworldly <laughs> yeah. in the sense that he, he's not normal and he's a bit scary. And that's on Sky. And you yeah. gave us what? I gave you the terminal list, Chris Pratt's uh, big oh, yeah. new uh, action conspiracy theory thriller drama, which is on um, Prime. I keep calling it Amazon Prime, but it's just Prime Video, isn't that what you call just it? It's Prime. Um, yeah. John gave us a Prime selection as well. What did you give us? Hacks. Season two Hacks. is out. Uh, season one's obviously on there as well. Not a massive investment in terms of time, but a great return in terms of laughs. Oh, more bang for your buck. And I gave you Mel Brooks. Of course. Yes. I give you Mel Brooks, All About Me, audiobook. Uh, jump in if you have any interest in any way, shape or form in showbiz. He'll tell you how it works. So, Ada, what have you learned this week? I learned that I really, really hope you have health insurance because you have uh, a (laughs) dodgy body part that needs seeing this. Yeah, that means nothing to nobody. Until we play this clip, go for it, John. Have you got a recommendation? Ah, have you got a recommendation? (laughs) Fucking knee. (laughs) Fucking knee. (laughs) Twisted. What the fuck was that? That's old age, so fuck me. Jesus. Not laughing at your pain, but ah, face. Fucking hell. I'm fucking getting old. No, I'm all right with my twisted kneecap. I'm fine. Oh, man. Every morning you wake up and you just go. You're in great shape. Would you fuck off? I am fucking not. But anyway, it's. Sorry, we have that record. I'm going to use that. (laughs) (laughs) You'd absolutely use it. I don't give a bollocks. Now, is that theatrical, Simon, or did you really just That's blow your knee out? I mean, you don't care. I needed to you either, Casey. <laughs> it was so cool. You just wet yourselves laughing and I was in a medical emergency. Not a question about what's wrong with your side. Oh, you're all right. You just pissed yourself. I mean, if you were auditioning for a guy who's sitting there having a chat and all of a sudden his knee goes, <laughs> you nailed it. You nailed it. You little hammy boy. Yeah, I thought you and nailed you kept it. Going. And now I'm getting reviews from Ado. A little hammy. Jesus. See ya. 